Hello, you are listening to The Stablecast, a podcast series where we talk about cars and probably some other stuff. Today we've got Dave and we've got Phil and we've got me, Tim. First things first, we're going to talk about the brand new Audi Q8 that's been announced. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Have you seen it, Dave? Yes. What do you think of it? I saw it at the Geneva Motor Show, the Sport Q8 Sport concept, it was called, wasn't it? So there was the Q8 Sport concept, oh no, there was the Q8 concept first, Yeah. that was blue, wasn't it? And then yeah. there was the Q8 Sport concept, and now they've brought out the non-sport Q8, Right. Okay. which doesn't look anything like the Q8 concept or the Q8 Sport. No, and the, the concept that I saw, it was it was all electric, wasn't it? Whereas now they've just come out with a diesel engine, haven't they? Yeah. I think they wanted to bring it to market sooner than the electric models that they want to make come into production. Yeah. So they've just stuck a, a V8 engine in it, I think. And it, it's basically just an even bigger Q7 with an A8 interior. Sounds expensive. It looks expensive. So it says the Audi Q8 is finally here after nearly four years of concept teasing the future of the Q family. And it's got an enormous grill of the Audi Q8 concept. But the new model looks like a fierce cousin of the Audi Q5, which I would agree with. Um, and the wheel arches can house up to 22-inch wheels. Wow. Pretty big. So basically inside you're sitting in an A8, essentially. We were in an A8 and when the middle, the centre seat folded down, you had like a James Bond-esque console of all buttons and things that you could press to to do everything in the car, including all the windows and the pan roof. But on this one, when you fold it down, it's just a cup holder. Wow. Yeah. Is it a, se- is it a seven seat? Have they said anything about They said it's a five-seater. There's no seven seats. This is more about luxury than family. Right. It's quite yeah. a coupe. It's got a bit of a coupe sport roof line, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's quite sloped. It's actually smaller but wider than a Q7. So it's a smaller car, but it's their flagship model now. Probably because it's got all the top technology in it. It seems like they've made a very expensive car that's slightly less practical. Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking you've got a car that size, but doesn't actually isn't that roomy. Yeah, if that makes sense. And I was wondering where that fits in to the market. I mean, it looks nice. Yeah, it does look really, really nice. But I just wonder who's going to buy it. Same people who spend a lot of money on Range Rover Volars. Maybe, yeah. Footballers. Yeah. It also has something that I'll touch on at the end of the podcast, which is Remote Garage Pilot. Um, That's coming in early 2019. Okay, have you read or seen the article on Lifehacker that says it is, or no, it doesn't say it is, it says, is it cheaper to Uber than own a car? I've not seen that, but I have been uh, listening to various podcasts and I have heard it come up more and more where people are claiming that users are not owning cars now, they are just Ubering or, you know, certainly in some scenarios where parents aren't buying the kids cars, they're giving them access to Uber, like unlimited, uh, rather than actually buying the car because they think it's safer. According to a report, it is now cheaper to take an Uber than own a car in four out of five of the largest cities in the United States. So I presume that's something to do with the the traffic or if they're large cities, they're going to have a hell of a lot of traffic, aren't they? So maybe they've got loads of traffic lights and it's just like crazy. I mean, I've been to New York a couple of times and the traffic there is insane. 
like to get from one side of the city to the other, you probably would rather get public transport than own your own car yeah. if you lived in the center of the city. So maybe that's what it's trying to say. They reckon that it's cheaper to Uber in Chicago, Washington DC, New York, and LA. You know, it depends on the cities, but it's a, it's a bold statement to say that it's cheaper to, to Uber because they have the surge pricing, you know, it's, it's all based on, I presume, the cheapest that an Uber is ever going to be and not based on the quality of the car that you might buy yourself and things like that. It probably takes into account, like, the average size of, the sorry, the average travel, distance travelled for people in the city. Do you know what I mean? Like, if the city's quite spread out, then it will probably work out cheaper to own the car. Or if most people are just taking short trips, then it will probably work out cheaper to Uber. It's, it's just stuck, like a conversation you're hearing more and more now because, I mean, I read that they reckon a vehicle is parked up 96% of its of the time it's parked, you're not using it. So if you think there are going to be, definitely there's, there must be circumstances where it is cheaper to like Uber rather than their own. And especially city centres because, you know, you're probably not, even if you own a car, how often are you driving if you live in yeah. the city? If you lived in New York, how often would you want to drive your car? Because like Tim said, it's so busy. I mean, parking would be, it's difficult to park and it's expensive to park. One of the main things that they reference is that some parking spaces in New York, for example, can cost $350 a month. And that's even if it's right next to your apartment, because obviously apartment living is quite popular in the big cities. Whereas here, in a smaller city in Liverpool, we've got parking spaces out the front of our houses and things, so it doesn't apply to us. They're taking a lot of factors into consideration, but in America, they also have things like Zipcar, where they can just um, they can just walk up to a car, book it, get in and drive where they want as well. So it, it kind of gives an example of when they do need to actually drive and not have an Uber driver or something take them they can still drive without the need of owning a car. I think you're going to see over the next few years that cars will become a bit more on-demand or that that on-demand type vehicle scenario is more pop- it becomes more popular over the next few years. Especially in the cities. So there is another article here that says self-driving cars will kill people. It's just a, a statement that the next the web is everything will kill someone yeah isn't it i'm sure tennis balls have killed someone at some point airplanes yeah. you know all, all modes of transport will have killed someone at some point but i think because autonomous cars have the whole thing of who's to blame yeah. when there is a is a death then that's the problem and there are people at the moment who are like falling asleep in autonomous cars while they're on autonomous on, a, on uh, autonomous mode and then they're like watching films and things like that and then they get in fatal accidents and it's like who's to blame is it the car that was on autonomous or is it the person who has clearly signed something at some point to say you should be in control of the vehicle at all times but that's yeah, the yeah the cars at the moment that are autonomous they are level three or two which basically means they need to be in control of the vehicle still or you know be prepared to take control of the vehicle. I think it's level five, if memory serves me correctly. Whereas that pretty much doesn't need to be a steering wheel. It should be at that level where you could get in it and go to sleep. The levels of autonomy is level zero, is no automation. 
and then level one is driver assistance so the vehicle is controlled by the driver but some driving assistance features may be included in the vehicle design so maybe that's what it's like now actually level two is like where we are with like tesla partial automation is things like acceleration and steering but the driver must remain engaged with the driving task level three is conditional automation which is the driver is a necessity but is not required to monitor the environment so the driver must be ready to take control of the vehicle at all times with notice and then four and five are like high automation and full automation so high automation there still has to be a steering wheel but you could still fall asleep because volvo are working on a car with level four automation and they've said that you should be able to go asleep in it what's the priority with everyone falling asleep you need to be able to sleep yeah Oh, how, how amazing would that be, you know, you're, getting, you're going to work in the morning and you just get in your car and you just go to sleep. I'd be knackered by the time I got to work. Oh, I'd, be, I'd, I'd love that. Absolutely love that. I'd love, love sleep on the way in. Or on the way home. Yeah. After a long day at work, just go, like, go to sleep. I only live 10 minutes away, I'll be like, take the hour-long roof home. Yeah. I think people are treating it as we're level five already. I know there was a case in America where um, in the Tesla, there was a fatal accident, and they were trying to blame it all on Tesla. And then they actually had data to show, well, I, I actually, this driver was warned like 20 times to take control of the steering wheel, and he didn't. So, you know, it, it, at the moment, the humans still need to be, you know, in control of the vehicle. But even when they're not, even when it's level five, you got to expect that there will be, there will be accidents, unfortunately. But I think the point is, there's going to be a hell of a lot less accidents. Drivers can now remote park their cars in the UK. I think there's some places around the world who don't let people remote park their cars. Um, but now, like previously, you had to stay in the car and the parking assistance features could park the car for you, but you had to be in the car to take control of the steering wheel. But now you can get out of the car and press a button to let your car roll in legally. Cool. Which is what was stopping the remote garage features originally. Yeah. Like, you know, why would you not be allowed to be out of the car? Why, think, why, would they, why would they stop you doing that? I think it's like for for the legal reasons of like insurance purposes, if you're not in control of a vehicle while it's driving, mm. then... You know, again, who's at fault if there's an accident? But now that it's a legal, a legal thing in the UK, if something happened, then your insurance would cover it. Right. So it's all insurance purposes at the end of the day. That's baller, that isn't it? Stepping out your car, pressing the button, and letting it park. But you can see so many scenarios when you use that, and it's not just like a, a gimmick where you do it, do it the first couple of times just to go, I can do it. Like that park, uh, park assist. Yeah. I think most people, when they get park assist, use it a couple of times and then never ever use it again because it's not... Quite slow as well, isn't slow, it? It's slow, it's just not very good. Whereas that, I can, I can I could imagine using that quite a lot. Because parking spaces, they seem to be getting smaller, you know, just to fit, try to fit a couple more cars into them. Because parking spaces are getting smaller in car parks. The cars are getting bigger. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd definitely use that if I had it. For me, it's like, I, I've got a garage, but I would never reverse my car into it because I don't know whether I'd be able to open the door wide enough to get out. 
Whereas I would use it all the time if I knew that I could get out of the car and it'd just reverse in on its own. And then in the morning I could get it to drive out on its own to get back in it. Yeah. Because then I'd have all this extra space. Or I could get a second car because there's nowhere to put a second car at the moment. Thank you for listening to the Stablecast by Stable Vehicle Contracts, specialists in Audi and Volkswagen leasing since 2009. You can find us on Instagram at Stable Lease, on Facebook at Stable Vehicle Contracts, and make sure to ask us about joining our mailing list on WhatsApp.